one of the very pernicious uh, elements of woke wokeness is that it frequently flies under the radar, especially when it has to do with children. And I want to talk a bit about education and how the equity agenda is completely reshaping education. And uh, there are many more things that teachers hide from parents. But uh, I think that this is one of the one of the things that we should definitely talk about. So there was an article here from um, uh, the Washington Examiner called "Is Fairfax County Public Schools Chief Equity Officer Hiding Its Student Reeducation Training from Parents?" That's a very long headline. Yeah, so it's an opinion by Stephanie Lundquist Aurora. So it says here, uh, let me. See. Fairfax County School District updated its code of conduct this year to include a required culturally responsive learning intervention for students with first-time hate speech infractions. In Fairfax County, hate speech is defined in the broadest sense possible to include misgendering. So they get to define what hate speech is, I imagine. And if you are a student, you get re-education. Yes. So, so um, how is this not exactly the same as you know what they did in asia under communism where you know you have these re-education camps where you brainwash people and of course you had all, all of this sort of thing going on in all of the worst um sort of forms of government ever where they're just like yes we need to deliberately indoctrinate children yeah so i want to focus a bit on this and the formulation and the issue with this because I mean, we have been talking about this for for months. And years even. Yes, uh, y- years uh, at the Lotus Eaters for years. I'm here for basically 10 months to the Okay, day. fair enough. Yeah, so it, for me, it's uh, months. There's also on, an issue of how to communicate this message to to an audience that doesn't follow the news, our news, for so long or for people who want to find ways to communicate some of the problems with the woke agenda, especially when it comes to education, to their friends or to other people from their neighborhood. I think one of the best ways to highlight why this is so pernicious is the fact that it quite often does target children. And I think that that's the sort of point of um, attack that's best to convince people that, yeah, actually this stuff is really bad because when your ideology says that children are fair game for ideological brainwashing, I, I don't believe in brainwashing anyone. Yeah. I think people should make up their own mind. Uh, and, you know, I might advise people about stuff, but I don't want to force them to believe something. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm not in, you know, some sort of 1984 spin-off. Yes. So, but, but in this instance, particularly, when it's children and they're trying to convince them of things that are directly harmful to the children's well-being, and it's obvious to anyone with a functioning brain, then you know the, the points score themselves, so to speak. Although it's a bit of a, a crass way of putting it, because of course, you know, you shouldn't be necessarily be thinking about um, winning in politics when there are children suffering. I think that, that the, the children is number one. The political aspect of it has to follow, but it's still very important because that's how you end it in the first place, right? Yeah. So the. The, the this issue is very important for me because I was an educator. I was in academia for for years, 
And I really think that this is an important message and I want to get it across to as many people as possible and give them also, you could say, um, ways to anticipate some of the resistance that they may, may encounter if they try to talk to people who disagree with them or are not yet convinced about this. So the number one problem with this agenda is that it teaches students what to think as opposed to how to think. And there is a very concealed problem flying under the radar because if someone reads the first paragraph, it is possible to miss the trap. So every school has a code of conduct. Uh, if there is no code of conduct, discipline is not being taught. Uh, uh, yeah, you have to know which rules to break. Or is that just me in school? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, generally speaking, there needs to be a teaching of discipline. Otherwise, it's just anarchy, pure anarchy. Yeah, you're talking to the wrong man, Stelios. Well, Anarchy's that, got a, that, a more That is positive... exactly why I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> so the, uh, the issue is that any time that there are rules, there will be words describing these rules. And any time that these rules are setting boundaries, there will be words describing these boundaries. So for instance, it's like saying everyone should respect each other. Yeah, of course. Of course everyone should respect each other. That goes without saying. The question is, though, the other bit. How do you interpret respect? So in this case, for instance, they're talking about you no know, hate speech infractions. The question is, how do you interpret hate speech? And that's the, the other major problem with wokeness, that they have a ridiculous tendency to see everything as breaking boundaries. Mm -hmm. Also, the entire premise of the thing, I think I disagree with, in that respect should be earned, not expected. And that if, if people don't respect you, chances are yeah. that you, you might be doing something to invite that disrespect. I, I see this. I, I agree with you. In, but I think that there are two kinds of respect. One is a respect that is being earned. But the other is more of a default way of behaving to people. So you could say that unless people do something really bad to you, uh, they deserve a kind of treatment. It doesn't have to be the best treatment. Mm -hmm. and that is the extra good treatment that you showed to some people is the respect that they earn. But well, you could say that there is a default basis that uh, of respect that we show to other people. I suppose so. But I think that, you know, say you're in a political debate with someone who's quite left wing and you disagree with them totally. Yeah then all of a sudden just reaching out and slapping them in the face, as funny as it would be, would be um, sort of a breach of that sort of fundamental respect, right? Yes. That people understand that, you know, if you physically assault someone, yeah. it's not being respectful and it's totally unnecessary in that instance, however annoying they might be. Yes. So that is the issue that I want to get across is that very frequently the policies that are in favor of wokeness are formulated in a way that to a lot of people, the problem with them flies under the radar. The problem is not that wokeness says that there should be boundaries. Everyone says that there should be boundaries except anarchists. Um, Don't gesture towards me. I'm, I'm a libertarian. I'm just okay, so a sympathizer. I'm not gesturing towards you, but... <laughs> Okay, I mean, are you violating my non-aggression yeah. principle, so Stelios? Everyone, no, because I, the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of people may try to communicate this message, and they will be 
received as you could, you could say you know, conspiracy theorists by others. Uh, I'm not talking about the woke mob that has already been con- high with its own supply. Of I'm course. talking about people who want to actually, who, do, who haven't picked a side yet, mm-hmm. and they're thinking of what to do. I'm talking about how to address to that kind of audience. So it says here also, Fairfax County Public Schools has a history of compelling speech, arguably violating the First Amendment. In the last year, the 12 Democrat-endorsed school board members have made misgendering and deadnaming offenses punishable with suspensions for students as young as five. It has also implemented a bias incident reporting system which restricts free speech and is being challenged in courts nationwide. So the issue here is that imagine you have a child as young as five and does what some people interpret as misgendering. I'm trying to put it, you know, mm-hmm. in a YouTube-friendly way. In a YouTube-friendly way. Imagine. They are going to have to face the culturally responsive learning intervention because that is going to be, in, be interpreted as hate speech infraction. And that is really weird because imagine you have children like five-year-old children who talk to each other and they do something that is interpreted as hate speech. It's really, really, really pernicious. Well, they, they don't even have the understanding of the world yet to yeah. even know, you know, to what hate others. Yeah. I mean, it's, Not only to, to hate others, but also to know how to treat each other properly yet. They're yeah. like five years old. You know, they, they do all sorts of stuff. You know, if you then have to take them into some room and give them some sort of weird um, sort of struggle session where they, they yes. are forced to behave in a certain way, yes. chances are it would probably backfire. If, if my own childhood is anything to go off of, you know, I used to get, you know, in trouble for stuff that was either a misunderstanding, wasn't even my fault. And because I got a bit of a reputation for being a near-do-well, people used to blame me for stuff that wasn't even my fault. And all that did was make me resent my teachers, some of my peers, and the entire school system. And I still think it's basically a prison for children um, in its current form in that the state insists you go there or your parents are imprisoned. So, you know, they're, they're co- you're coerced into attendance. It's not optional. Not saying that, you know, education isn't important, but the, the circumstances of it are very questionable. There is definitely a coercive element in education. The question, though, is the degree in which coercion is exercised and the reason why coercion is exercised. So it's not just the enforcement of some rules in order to set some boundaries. It's also having a ridiculous interpretation of when boundaries are crossed, a completely ridiculous interpretation, and the implication of treating children as basically haters for going against the woke agenda. At as young as five years old, they have zero understanding of the woke agenda, zero understanding of these issues. So being treated as haters as from five years old for this, and also being told that they need a culturally responsive learning intervention, for me, qualifies as brainwash. It crosses a line in the way that some other some other uh, practices don't. To be fair, I imagine some adult wokists do have the, the mental ability of a five-year-old. 
So maybe they see some sort of camaraderie with them, which is why they're probably so keen to read stories to them. Yeah. So um, I think that this is basically a bit dystopian. Of course, yeah. And uh, speaking of dystopias, you can basically check out our website. Um, you could uh, check the final, the final installment of the symposium series I did with Connor. On... The final one or just the most recent one? No, the most recent one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's on uh, Yevgeny Zamyatin's Sui. It's arguably the novel that kickstarted the dystopian fiction uh, genre. So, by all means, check it out. With £5 a month, you can gain access to all our premium content. It's a really good deal. Right, now let's go to the next. We also talked about bias incident reporting and bias incident and a system of bias in, uh, bias incident reporting. And a lot of that is coming from Fairfax County. It's funny that, isn't it? That, that county is known for something else, which I'm not allowed to talk about on YouTube, but it's um, certainly nothing to do with 2020 and uh, well, cer certain... Um, What's the, how do I put this to it's not It's the get thing censored? that may not be spoken of. Yes. Um, okay. The great um, detrumpening. So let's talk a bit about what bias incident reporting systems are. It says, Virginia's Fairfax County public school system is signaling that the eyes of Big Brother are upon our children. The district school board members are currently considering an Orwellian bias re incident reporting system in changes to the code of conduct. With a new system, students, parents, and staff members would anonymously report any incident of inappropriate conduct, including and without limitation, discrimination, harassment, retaliation, bullying, and other violations of civil rights. Bias incident reporting systems are on the rise in our nation's university. It's talking about the U.S. Doubling in the last five years. These systems are the administrative apparatus used to chill free speech and are facing many legal challenges, including in neighboring Loudoun County public schools. And last sentence, a bias incident is anything and everything that an administrator, usually a so-called equity officer, claims it is. And it is anonymous. So I can obviously see here how children could abuse this. So if someone does something that yeah. winds up another child, Children uh, are basically evil and educated out of being evil. That's my general view, is that uh, <laughs> I'm being a bit silly, by the way. Um, but they will use this new apparatus to say, this person did this, just make it up and get them in trouble on purpose because they don't like them. There's a petty disagreement or something like that. It, this is so prone to abuse because you can just anonymously report so-and-so said this, and then they'll get called in, they'll get investigated, they'll get questioned about it, they'll probably be accused of denying they did anything because they'll assume that they're guilty because they're midwits. I mean, they're, if they're an equity officer, they're, they're, you know, they'll, they'll shake their head and you can hear their brain rattling inside. So these people aren't going to assume that people are innocent until proven guilty, like many of my teachers didn't. And in fact, yeah, I'm still a bit resentful about it. But authority figures will use their authority over children to be a tyrant. I, well, it, it can definitely backfire. The issue, though, is that you could say that in principle about every policy. But the extra problem with wokeness, and this is what is the most important thing to get from this, is that 
it is designed in such a way that almost everything that is disliked by the equity officer counts as a violation of boundaries. There is zero neutrality there. There's no attempt to even be objective, is there? No. And uh, because in their minds, the equity officers, they know everything already. Anyone who would suggest otherwise is a sort of, you know, evil colonialist figure. It's, um, it's easy to see why uh, American Christians would say that Satanists were trying to influence their children when um, these equity officers are basically positioning themselves as being omnipotent. They know everything that goes on. They are basically positioning themselves as God himself. You know, all of the goings on, they know um, who to punish and who is right and who is wrong when, you know, the a sense of humility might uh, be quite helpful in yes. that you don't know everything. And that is ultimately the problem with wokeness, that it is, it has the appearance of be, uh, being rule-based and setting boundaries like other systems. But the problem is that underneath, they are pushing so much the element of subjectivity and emotionality and harm to emotions with the effect that everything counts as a violation of the boundaries. Anything other than enthusiastic assent to that agenda counts as a violation of boundaries and requires a culturally responsive uh, intervention or something. Let go. I'll go a bit to the previous one here to show you something. Speaking of equity officers, because we are going to focus on that. This uh, article here, as the next one I was reading by Stephanie Lundquist Aurora, is written. She was she's a parent, and she wrote a letter to the equity officer of that county, Fairfax County, asking for more answers, and she didn't get good answers. And there was all sorts of obstructions and and um, how should I say it? Postponements in answering. And I saw some interesting stuff that they are paid um, good salaries. So, for instance, it says... Funny that, isn't it? Yeah. It's about the equity officer in 2022, uh, $232,074 per year. I suppose it's per year. Is that per equity officer? Yeah. I don't know per equity officer, but it's Fairfax County's equity officer. Oh, okay. Well... I don't know. It oh, seems they... to me to be okay. So they're chief equity officer. Yeah, I mean, um, any any dollar is too much for this. But yeah, well, maybe I should uh, change my profession for that money. I'd you know, <laughs> I would change my entire ideology for quarter of a mil a year. Yeah, forget forget reason. And uh, I want to remind uh, the audience of something I was talking about some months ago. Because again, a lot of things are happening in that county and in Virginia, especially when it comes to education. And um, there was someone, a lead facilitator called Mutiu Fagbai, who was paid, if I remember, about half a million dollars to, de- to, to devise the equity policy. of, uh, And it's the facilitator here. They say the facilitator is a guide. A guy does not command or control. However, a facilitator does direct, leaving it up to you to follow. (laughs) This is just... (laughs) (laughs) What word salad? Yeah. Well, surely they should be a guide then. Chief guide. Yeah. Which makes him sound like he's taking you through like 
you know, a forest or a jungle or something. Like, I am your guide. Yeah, but also if you lose yourself, let us brainwash you so you can find your way back. And uh, yeah, and yeah, this here, it's the equity imperative because I think this was, the, the price for this was about half a million dollars to, devote, to develop this document. And it says here, the equity imperative, equitable access, equal outcomes, equitable access to resources and opportunities that guarantee fair, just, and affirming experiences and produce equal, equal outcomes for every student without exception. Well, so basically, if you want to, if you wonder what the equity or the diversity, inclusion, and uh, equity agenda is all about, it is actually about equal outcomes. It is just radical egalitarianism. Well, it's, you know, equity is just, you know, the sort of mode of being of communism. They want to make everyone equal, don't they? It, it, by the ends, not, you know, equal opportunities. So the differences between people manifest in differences in society. No, if you're successful, you'll be oppressed and brought down to the level of the knuckle-dragging morons. I think when it comes to equality, it's again the question, equality of what? Because for instance, for me, equality of opportunity, it is a bit ideal and unrealistic, but I don't think it's such a bad goal. The, go the problem with the equity comes with a particular interpretation of equality of uh, opportunity that requires equal outcomes in order for us to judge that opportunities were equal. That's the problem with equity. I would rather ditch the whole notion of equality altogether, not necessarily in terms of equality of opportunity, but just say, you know, meritocracy. That's more of a positive assertion yeah. saying, yeah, we hire based on merit, because that is basically the practical manifestation of equality of opportunity. And of course, it's difficult to assess merit, which is why, you know, sometimes companies hire, you know, incompetent people. But I think that that framing is far better. We ditch the word equality. It's been polluted. Also, it's not that useful when you have meritocracy, which is basically a better placeholder for equality of opportunity. No, but I want to say this because a lot of uh, the people may think, or a lot of your neighbors, a lot of your, let's say, uh, the people who live in your state, they may still think that, that this education is not about creating equal outcomes. It's not about egalitarianism. So yeah, pick up the rock they've been living under and, and yeah. show them this video. And this also reminds me of the anti-racism idea that every disparity, every racial disparity is an outcome of uh, racial discrimination. That's the uh, Candy's mantra. But this also is an equivalent mantra where it is said or implied or assumed that any kind of inequality reveals unequal treatment in something in the past or is to be addressed. Any kind of different, let's say, exercise of your talents is not up to you. It's because of how the environment shaped you. And I think that this is ultimately one of the key philosophical problems of this uh, egalitarian mentality is that they constantly try to tell people that they don't deserve their success. Some people don't. But not everyone does. I think that's too cynical. I think the whole notion of deserve is mistaken. Basically, you, you, you get what you can uh, make out of your life. Does anyone really deserve anything? I, I think what you're saying is correct descriptively mm -hmm. and that people get what they will get. Mm -hmm. What 
but the the I think that it is important to think of the notion of dessert here because we frequently whenever for instance we're talking about economic uh, affairs there is frequently the case and the argument to be made against you know some people who are economic egalitarians that the person who has exercised his or her potential in such a way that contributes to the economy and raises everyone up deserves more than the person who doesn't do anything mm-hmm. and well, i think i think that you could say that the person who hasn't done anything could use political power or something to receive goods that they don't deserve it seems to me that it's a, it's a it's an important notion to use in a framework mm-hmm. well my my general opinion is that you are the sole beneficiary of the fruits of your own labor and you owe nothing to anyone else except maybe your family <laughs> in that you know you're working to they're dependent on you to provide so then that makes sense okay so make no mistake all this is about egalitarianism and last thing to show this because this is a really interesting uh, thing here um that was from august 28 how schools flout the supreme court's affirmative action ruling a virginia high school uses race proxies to lower the number of Asian Americans. So that was a uh story. I think I talked about it, but what happened here was that there were many Asian Americans who had incredibly good uh results mm-hmm. on their tests for a a national uh what was it? A national uh test. Yeah, SAT maybe. Uh, yeah, and uh their their uh, good results were withheld from them for a particular time for equity based reasons and they were given to them but after the opportunity to use that on their cv for applying for some universities had expired that is so scummy yeah i i would want to if i were a student there i'd want to find out the names of and addresses of the people that did that to me yes. and bring about uh retribution yeah um, so basically that this is hypothetical by the way i'm not one of those students so i'm not admitting to doing anything wrong by the yeah. way so basically the the winners of that competition would have the opportunity to put that on their cv and have a better cv than without putting it when they applied to enter other universities and that was withheld from them until after the deadline and it was withheld from them for the reason that the equity officer decided that their success would make others feel bad good yeah i i did a segment some time ago called the war on merit that was a long time ago but that that was a that was the what happened yeah. well yeah successful people should make unsuccessful people feel bad because that is the motivation for self improvement you you're not meant to feel good when you're a loser That's the, that's the whole reason you're a loser, right? But but it's not just an issue of being a loser because sometimes you you may not be a loser, you may try and uh, not succeed. It's uh that doesn't mean that uh you you should uh, allow your feelings of of negativity to basically destroy others. Yeah, I don't think that people It, should drag other people down. People should be allowed to succeed on their own terms and not have clingers on drag them down to 
wallow in the muck with them. And the problem with egalitarianism, at least of this radical sort, is that ultimately it leads to leveling down. It's all about how people sabotage each other, each other so that some don't feel envy. This goes on in communist China, actually, yeah. um, quite often, where because they have radical equality in sort of name only, but also they're very competitive with certain roles and things like that. And because of collectivism, incentivizing selfishness, ironically, um, see my contemplations episode talking about collectivism for that. It's a weird dichotomy where the most self-serving people are in collectivist countries because they feel entitled to be self-serving because they feel like they've already surrendered up something. So if you want to promote um, altruism, you know, have a state that promotes people being self-interested. Yeah. And if you want people to be selfish and sabotage one another, promote equity. Yeah. So final, final message, when you're trying to talk to people around you and to convince you to see things the way you see it, always tell them, especially when it comes to education and wokeness, that it, it ultimately comes down to what lies behind the formulation. Any kind of system puts forward um, some rules, some proposed rules, and they are using words to name these boundaries. The question is how sensitive people are in interpreting something as a violation of that boundary. That's number one. And what they suggest to, to do in order to mitigate that. Uh, that's uh, the issue number two. It seems to me that wokeness is all about brainwashing. And when it comes to treating five-year-olds as uh, haters on the grounds that they violated an agenda that they haven't even understood yet, that's just evil. That's, that's pernicious. And it should be exposed. If you appreciated that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the site, such as the Brokenomic series, this episode on house prices. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters underscore com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye.